The reason why we as a church are committed to the exposition of Scripture is not because expositional sounds like a clever word. It is because we believe that the Bible is living and active and my job as a preacher is to get out of the way and let Jesus speak through His Word. Welcome to the God-Centered Life with Josh Moody Weekend Edition. We're continuing our 2020 Vision Series, today sliding over into the book of Acts, the 17th chapter. We're going to look specifically at the topic of learning. Josh Moody is Senior Pastor of College Church in Wheaton, Illinois. We're glad you're joining us for today's study. Josh, we've got another of our flow series, and this time zeroing in on learning. Mm. Big picture, what makes this an essential value for us? Yes, well, I've always liked John Stott's comment that when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, he opened a school. Hmm. And we tend to think of church in experiential terms, and we should experience Jesus, of course, but it needs to be filled with content, and particularly the content of God's Word. Well, let's get to it. The 17th chapter of the book of Acts. We're talking about learning. Here's Josh. Well, you'll notice from your bulletin that we've come to a rather special sermon this morning, which is emphasizing our 2020 vision. And uh, in particular, this morning, you'll see that we're looking at learning So we have four core values, fellowship, learning, outreach, and worship. And the central vision is this proclaiming the gospel, the gospel-centered kind of church with the gospel at the heart of everything, changing us by what Jesus has done for us so that we can live for him in every area of our life, living as people who are filled with grace and mercy rather than legalistically, or giving into license and sinful behavior, instead filled with his spirit, empowered by the gospel, then these four core values. I just want to read out for us as we begin this special sermon, we're going to get into God's word, but I want to read out for us the paragraph we produced with relation to 2020 vision, impact, as it relates to learning. So let me just read that out for us. Prayerfully, our commitment to Bible learning will result in us developing into a place for training in Christian ministry and discipleship. We aim to be significantly involved in training everyone for Christian ministry, with a renewed emphasis on the next generation of Christian leaders, pastors, and missionaries. Potential learning vision includes a training center for Bible teachers, increasing the number of our ministry residents, adding an intermediary level to our training program, and multiplying our network of ministry opportunities locally, regionally, nationally, and globally. We pray for church revitalization and planting as well as missionary service, all coming out of of God's word, out of a commitment to, to learning. Now, the passage we're looking at this morning as we think about this particular core value, and of course there are many in the Bible, given it's about the Bible, we could choose many. We're looking at Acts chapter 17, and verse 11. And if you turn actually to your Bibles, that will help, as usual. Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, I'm going to read just around the context of that verse. Verse 10, we're going to start there. Obviously, this is about the noble Bereans. If you've been in church circles for a long time, you would have heard of the noble Bereans, the Bereans who are very noble. And so uh, verse 10, we're going to look at the context, I'm going to read a verse 12, but the particular verse that I really want us to think about this morning 
is verse uh, 11. So let me pray and we're going to turn to God's word. Father, help us to be disciples of Jesus, genuinely, truly, in every way, to be learners of him. And with that focus, to be people who make disciples, to help other people become learners of him as well. We ask your spirit as we come to your word to illuminate it for us, to open our hearts. Help me to preach it well. Help us to all listen well. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, my friends, beginning at verse 10 of chapter 17. This is God's word. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. Now, I would like you to enter into the power of this description of the Brian model of church with its emphasis on learning from the scriptures. I want you to enter into this so that we understand why they were examining, why they were doing so with eagerness, why they were doing it every day, what made them such an exemplary model, so noble. I want you to enter into that by um, way of a little narrative at the beginning, a little story. I want you to imagine that you have gone to your favorite baseball game. Maybe it's the White Sox, maybe it's the Cubs, could be either, you're safe, it's okay. There you are at uh, the game, at the ballpark, and you're really into it. It's the beginning of the season, you're excited, you're there. But the game is pretty boring, to be honest. Even more boring than cricket. (laughs) The best thing about this game is that you have got your favorite Chicago hot dog, with all the relish. And then someone knocks your arm and it drops on the ground. It's that kind of day. Nothing is happening. No one has scored a run. No points on the board. Nothing's going on. It's just hard to stay awake. Then suddenly on the announcement system, there's a break from the music. No longer are they saying, let's go to the ballpark or the ball game, whatever it is. Suddenly comes your name. Well, Bill Smith, or Jane Smith, whoever you are, your name. And you think, well, it must be someone else. And then they give your seat number. And everyone is looking at you now. They're kind of staring at you. Bill Smith, we want you to come down to the dugout. You are next to step up to the plate. Really? Me? And eventually everyone pushes you down and down you go. 
Everyone's watching. Are you interested in the game now? This is the difference between a spectator sport, sometimes interesting, sometimes not, and actually getting involved personally. What you see here is the Bereans didn't treat Paul and Silas like a spectator sport. They actually eagerly examined whether these things be so. They were involved. Now why is that? So first let's think, why get involved? Josh will answer that question in just a moment, but first, while you're getting yourself another hot dog, keep in mind that this program is completely supported by you, our listeners. And so we are so appreciative of those who have stepped up and shared with us, become a partner with us. If you haven't done that yet, we'd love for you to swing by GodCenteredLife.org. There's a donate tab. We'll send you a fantastic book. Tell you more about that at the end of the program. Back into the book of Acts now. Here's Josh. Well, this verse 11 that is the the heart of the passage that we're looking at this morning gives several reasons to get involved. Here's one. The Bereans here show us that it's only as we get personally involved with the learning and the teaching that we discover whether these things are true. Someone can say this is what the Bible says. Someone can write a book saying this is what the Bible says. But until you actually go to the Bible yourself and eagerly examine it, you won't find out whether it is true. So they were eagerly involved, examining the Bible, doing so daily. Now let's contrast that with some common ways of going about Christianity today. Consumer Christianity. Consumer Christianity is sort of involved, but only in the sense that it's a product that you can buy, and if you don't like the store because it's not selling the product you like, you can go to a different store and get a different sort of product. They didn't look at Paul and Silas and say, well, I'm not sure I want to buy that product. I'm not sure I want to buy that Jesus is the Messiah, therefore I'm going to buy a different product. They were not treating this as a commercial transaction. This is not consumer Christianity. They were discerning a different kind of issue at stake. Not consumer Christianity, but instead truth, reality, how things actually are. That's the claim that Paul and Silas are bringing, and the Bereans clearly realize it. They don't just say, well, Paul and Silas, I'm not sure I like the fact that you're wearing a suit to the synagogue this morning. And Paul and Silas, oh, that's very interesting, but actually I prefer this kind of music. Or Paul and Silas, that's very nice, but actually I would much rather the architecture of uh, the building that we are in were different, and so I won't listen, I'll go to a different synagogue. This is not a consumer product to purchase as an addition to a lifestyle. It is not a designer label on our clothes. It is not product. 
There is a person, there's a claim of truth about that person, Jesus, that he is the Messiah. They realize that that claim of truth about that person, if true, will radically alter their whole lives if Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, if Jesus is the Christ, if he is the one that all the Old Testament scriptures spoke about, the sacrificial system. Leviticus is even about Jesus. Really, Paul and Silas? Yes, it is. That all this is pointing to Jesus, then there's no need for sacrifice anymore. They don't need to worship at the temple because by his Holy Spirit they can worship anywhere through the Spirit and truth. Now, Gentiles are not simply God-fearers on the outside of the synagogue. They are included by faith in the new people of God. Now they are not simply a light on the hill waiting for people to come to them. Now they have a commission to go to all nations for Jesus is the savior for all people. Every tribe and every nation and every color and every race and every class. There's a claim of truth about Jesus being the Messiah, the one to whom all the Old Testament scriptures are pointing, and they discern that. Not a product to purchase, not a nice addition to a comfortable lifestyle, but a claim of truth about reality. That's why they get involved. They don't need any extra motivation. They realize that if it is true, it will change everything. I like the story of William Faulkner and Ernest Hemingway. Apparently Faulkner and Hemingway had a little verbal spat. Faulkner criticized Hemingway saying, Hemingway has never been known to use a word to send a man to a dictionary. It's quite a criticism of an author. And Hemingway apparently replied, poor Faulkner, does he really think big emotions come from big words? When we think about learning, we are not simply thinking about getting more and more sophisticated. Oh, that's fine. We're not simply thinking about wordiness. Words. Oh, I love words. And always have. Onomatopoeia. What a great word. Disestablishmentarianism. Fantastic. We are talking about the word, the sword of the spirit is the word of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ which the Old Testament points to, which the New Testament records, the living word which if received will change your life, your life, not just wordiness, not just cleverness. The reason why we as a church are committed to the exposition of Scripture is not because expositional sounds like a clever word. It is because we believe that the Bible is living and active and my job as a preacher is to get out of the way and let Jesus speak through his word. So the Bereans realized that as Paul and Silas preached, 
there was a claim of truth being made about a person. Jesus the Christ. That's why they got involved. That's why they didn't sit back and just say, oh, I might buy that, I'm not sure. If this is true, their lives have changed. And if it's true, they better believe it because that is God's salvation plan through Jesus and him alone. In him, that is by faith in him, by trust in him alone. All the Old Testament scriptures point to him, not to him and 10 other people, to Jesus. Not a spectator sport, they realize, not a product to buy. So that's why to get involved. How? How do you get involved? It's very good to say, yeah, you really need to get involved in this thing. How do you get involved in it? Well, again, the Bereans, the reason why they're called so noble and so well known is they're a good model for how to get involved as well as why to get involved. So again, look down at verse 11 and you'll see there that they model how to get involved. Luke tells us in his description various things about what they're doing. They're examining with eagerness. They're receiving. They're doing this every day. There's a model of enthusiastic involvement that is not just behind it a description of why to get involved with God's word, why to be a learning people as a church, but also how. How? How can my life be changed by this learning? How can my life be changed by this learning? This learning will change your life. How? Here's how. Four ways to get involved. L, listen. So it says they received the word. So in order to be saved, the word needs to be received or trusted or accepted. Actually grasped hold of. This is Listening in the sense of accepting. That's why actually they are described as noble. Uh, Of course the word originally simply meant higher class. But it came to mean adopting the characteristics of the ideal of the nobility. And in this context that meant actually listening. Actually receiving. Luke is saying they are a class act. Listen. Now you may think coming to church and sitting in the pews and singing the hymns and praying when there's a congregational prayer and listening when someone is preaching is all rather passive. But you are wrong. This is an active experience, or it should be. For God's word to penetrate your heart requires not only that the word is delivered, but also that it is received. The sowing of the seed is only as fruitful as the receptivity of the soil. And we've become so used to passive, spoon-fed models of learning that we've forgotten the skill of active listening. 
could this be true? How does this impact my life? Is this really what God's word is saying? What is there in this that God is telling me to do, to change, to believe, to hope right now? Active listening. To look for a specific word from God for you. In other words, have you ever seen the show American Idol? And the person does their little rendition and they sing and then the judges give their awards. In church, the performance is also the listening. How are you doing at listening? Bring that same approach to small groups, adult communities, L, listen. That's Josh Moody, and this is the God-Centered Life. A couple challenges woven into that study there, Josh. First of all, get personally involved, digging into Scripture on a daily basis. Now, you use that baseball analogy, which, by the way, I'm very impressed. <laughs> yeah, we were able to... Could have gone cricket, but Do I so was, well on yeah. that. <laughs> the consumer Christian that you mentioned, uh, that's our baseball fan sitting yeah. in the stands? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the, the analogy is of going to a game, and you enjoy the game, you watch it, but you're not really involved. You're, you're just... Observing, not participating. Versus the person who uh, gets called out of the stands to go face down a series of fastballs. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so another challenge you gave us in the course of that session was to listen. And I love this mm. quote, the performance is also the listening. Mm. Well, I think uh, Scripture constantly calls us to heed or listen to God's Word. So it's not simply, can I uh, audibly hear what is happening, but am I paying attention? And in that true listening, uh, there is uh, the Spirit's gift of faith and from that obedience. So to heed God's Word is is to open up your heart and your mind to what the Lord is saying to you right now. I'm thinking of the parable of the sower. Yes. Are we the soil in this listening scenario? Yeah, we're the soil. What kind of soil are we? And, of course, that's a constant challenge. I think, uh, obviously, of our listeners, but also of me as a preacher. Every time you say listen, you tend to think of those who are listening to preaching. But us who preach need to be good listeners, too, and to ensure that what we're Uh, teaching, we also are absorbing. So it's something for all of us. Hmm. I want to check out one more dynamic from your baseball analogy, because being called out of the stands is certainly not something we can initiate. But the undertone of this whole study is that we should be initiating this deeper dive into Scripture. It should be something that we're chasing down, not waiting to be called out of the Mm -hmm. stands, right? Mm -hmm. It's something that we uh, to I think one of the great temptations of the contemporary age is to be passive. We're, we're so used to receiving information, to receiving content, to, to viewing the whole life through a screen. It's hard for us to get out of that mode and actually be engaged, to be involved, to participate. And uh, faith is a, is a full-orbed, blood-soaked commitment, and uh, that's what we're calling ourselves to. 
I love the word participate there because we're going to be landing on that square Mm. a number of times with our 2020 Vision series. Thanks for that, Josh. Well, we mentioned it in the break. It's our offer this month at GodCenteredLife.org. It is so timely and relevant. We don't want you to miss the opportunity to inject the insights from Dr. Julie Slattery into your conversations regarding sexuality. The book is called Rethinking Sexuality, God's Design and Why It Matters. The premise, what you think about sex begins with what you believe about God. Thought-provoking and, as I said, very relevant to society today. Gift of any amount at GodCenteredLife.org. We'd be happy to ship this book your way. Next time we get together, we're celebrating the gift of techie. So who is more important, the person at the podium or the person at the sound desk making sure what is said can be heard? There is an inspiration by simply being a model of serving so that ministry can take place. That's right, it's one for the techies when we get together next time and continue this study. GodCenteredLife.org, resources for you. Love for you to take advantage of it and love for you to join us next time right here at the God Centered Life with Josh Moody Weekend Edition.